listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Across midfield, Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10, and for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. This drives at a pull up three. Oh, drives. Dead high shooter. Blair to Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Santa Jamma presented by Apollo Media, all Houston original. My name is Andy Anes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. I'm joined by my co-host Dayon. Uh, introduce yourself, man. It's been a while since we had to do the traditional podcast. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. I'm Dayon. Download. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dayon. Download. But also, be sure to follow official Apollo Media account. That's at Apollo HOU as well. It's in the subscribe buttons on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us at. Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff. Let's get into Damn. it. Yeah, for sure. Let's get, uh, let's jump right into it because it's here. We're in March. It's the middle of March. The madness will begin. It already started for the first four teams. Uh, congratulations to Texas Southern and Indiana who advanced to the, they won their respective first uh, game of the tournament. So I guess we're officially underway, but the first round begins on Thursday. And Dayon, let's get right into it. Houston, we talked about it post game, their first matchup, a fifth seed taking on number 12 seed UAB, the University of Alabama, Birmingham on Friday at 8 20 p.m. The game will be on TNT for those of you that do not know. And you know, a, a lot has happened since Sunday. Uh, when the University of Houston defeated Memphis in the American Athletic Conference championship game. First of all, let's, let's jump into it with Kelvin Sampson. He spoke to reporters on Monday, uh, not Monday, on Tuesday. That we're, uh, we're recording on Wednesday. He spoke to reporters on Tuesday before the team headed out on Wednesday. Uh, talked a little bit about UAB, talked about uh, his team specifically. But I think the, the big uh, quote that caught my eye for UAB is when he was talking about uh, he had a couple. He gave high prices to, to the Blazers, but the, the two that come I one, he said if they were in the American Athletic Conference, they'd be a top three team in the AAC. And two, he said that he really wished that they didn't have to play UAB in the first round because he really likes how they play. And, and doing a little bit of research on them, I can see why. But, Dan, just your first initial thoughts on UAB and anything that might have stuck out to you on Kelman Sapp's book reporters on Tuesday. I mean, yeah, the definitely that what you just mentioned that stuck out to me that he had mentioned they would have been a top three team in the American if they were in the conference. And um, one thing that stuck out to me when I was just doing some research, one of them is they play very high pace. They get up a yeah. lot of threes. They actually number two in all of D one schools as far as three pointers made. So they're going to play fast tempo, and it's kind of um, good against good. They're a good three point shooting team, and Houston is really good defending the three point line. So. I can't wait to see the two styles clash. Yeah, and uh, that, that's something that Chris Gardner kind of mentioned in our postgame show. You know, Houston, it's kind of a, a, like you said, a clash of styles. Houston likes to 
Houston can push the pace, but they're very selective on when they do it. And of course they have to just because of the need that they've only had to run out an eight man rotation that in a perfect scenario, Houston, when they're dominant, they play through Fabian White, Josh Carlton, they get to establish their presence down in the paint. That's not necessarily something that UAB likes to play. So I think that's going to be one of the big keys right off the bat for this uh, first round game between Houston and UAB who can play at their style because Already, first, first of all, if Houston's running an eight-man rotation, if they have to run up and down the court, that's going to be a lot more fatigue on them early. And second, if uh, if Houston, especially in the guards, if any one of them get in foul trouble, that's going to make them even more thin, like something that they've played in. It's nothing new all season, but that's that's going to be part of recipe for success for UAB if they can get Houston tired. And heck, even if they can force uh, Houston to get into foul trouble, because that's really the key when they're playing a transition a lot. That means a lot of fast-break opportunities, and sometimes – you know, when guards, even big, they're trying to to make a play in a fast break and they end up hacking on on trying to contest layups. So that could be huge. Yeah, it definitely could. And one way um, both teams will try to do is play at their own pace. We just mentioned the two, the two different styles. So which team can control the pace for Houston specifically? Their, their front, front line of defense, the point guard mainly, it's going to have to be um, – have a good game because that that's what can, can help can slow them down is guarding the ball and putting pressure on the ball to not uh, allow it to be moved and get the ball up so quickly. But even that, Houston, if they dominate the glass, get offensive rebounds like they've been doing all season, then that can stop some of those transition opportunities. So I think dominating the glass is going to be very important. And it always is with Houston. But Coach Sampson talked about the number of good guards that they played throughout this season. Um, while giving credit to Jordan Walker, UAB star guard, he talked about playing against Johnny Davis, probably the best guard and will be a lottery pick in the NBA draft. He talked about playing Shackerford and Quinnley at Alabama, the Kendrick Davises. And so they're seeing their fair of really good guards that can score. And so they've had that experience throughout the season. So I think it's going to come in with a good game plan to not allow Jordan Walker to really beat them. So it's going to have to be a collection team effort. But I think he's so dynamic. He's so good. He's going to have UAB in the game. But I expect Houston to really impose their will as far as their size. Like you said, Josh Carlson and Fabian also dominate on the glass because that's how they can also can control the tempo and not allow so many fast break points. No, yeah, I think everything, it starts with Jelly Walker, Jordan Walker for, for UAB, obviously. Of course, he has experience playing Houston, used to play for Tulane, and I went back to last season. And uh, just going back to the 2021 year, and it's hard to compare apples to oranges because, obviously, of course, last year's team, they could throw Dejan Jarreau at him, they could throw Quentin at him, they could throw Sasser at him, they could throw a whole bunch of guards at him. Now, this year, they still got Kyler Edwards, who we've mentioned in the past, Kevin Sampson talked about how great defensively he has become for, for U of H, and really, he called them their best perimeter guard that they have for this team, but in those three meetings they played last year, uh, Houston did a relatively decent job at containing him. I know Kelvin Sampson said that they struggled to keep to contain him in the past, but then you got to go back and look at the personnel that Houston had. He had 13 points in their first meeting, 16 in the second meeting, and then in the American Athletic Conference uh, tournament that they played again, they held on to nine points. So scoring-wise, they've been able to hold him in check. Now, over since he transferred to UAB, what really has uh, Walker has been able to do is become more of a playmaker. He's picked up his scoring, but obviously, of course, now he's almost averaging five assists a game. 25 is real nice for him. And what Calvin Sampson told reporters on Tuesday is at the end of the day, 
it's going to come down to how well Houston guards Walker, how they guard Ertl, and how they rebound. Those were the three keys that Calvin Sampson gave. And he also had high praise for Quan Jackson. So right off the bat, those those are kind of like the top three players to watch if, you, uh, if you're Houston trying to see how they match up well with UAB. Yep, but speaking of, we're talking a lot about how Houston matches up with UAB. We got to talk about how UAB matches up with Houston. I think, I mean, Houston is going to do what they do good, and they do it really well. I mean, we're talking offline about some of the different metrics where Houston is in the upper echelon with teams like Alabama and things like that, but they're still not getting the credit. I don't know if it's their depth or what it is, but people are not giving Houston the credit and, like, to credit to Kyler Edwards. He said mm-hmm. it in a post game and a post game interview during the conference tournament. Like we hear the noise, we hear on TV, people still doubting us, still going against us. And so for Houston, they have to do what they've done our way. You gotta play to the culture. You gotta play hard, play aggressive, get those loose balls, take those charges, do all the little things, and just let the offense come. And, but speaking of offense, in the American Athletic Conference, that, that the last two games was probably the best two game stretch offensive that I've seen from them since Marcus Sasser and Jamal Mark went down, just the way they moved the basketball, all the assists on field goals made it. If they can play free-flowing on the offensive end, and then you add Kyler making his shots, I think, I mean, it takes Houston to another level. Defensively and rebounding, we know they're going to be who they are, but they just got to make those open shots. I think Tajay is playing really well. He's really excelling in his role. We also just rave about him, but – I think going into this game, you got to get some really good guard play. I mean, whether it's from Jamal, Kyla, and Tajay, all three of them really have to play well. I think both bigs, Fabian and Josh, are going to play well. But which one of Houston's guards is going to have an outstanding game? I think it's very important that they do that. For sure, Dayon, you make a great point, especially when you look at uh, – we've talked about it all season long, especially in the American Athletic Conference Tournament where Houston – the strength for them has been, and going back to the phrase strength of numbers, because in the first game against Cincinnati, it was Fabian White, it was Jamal Shedd. They, they were the big part of Houston being able to control that game and really beating Cincinnati in the opener in the tournament. Then uh, turn around against Tulane, Fabian White doesn't play for what, under three minutes. Jamal Shedd has a, has a relatively low game considering what he had done against Cincinnati. And it's other players. It's Kyler Edwards stepping up. It's Josh Carlton. It's Tajay Moore. And that's something that's been the story for Houston all year long, especially after Marcus Sasser went down. We know the story. Sasser, Tremont, Mark are out. And it's been next man up. And Houston has been able to carry the momentum. Now, the question here that that we pose is um, kind of uh, what Houston has to do and really what they've been able to to improve on since their mini two-game losing streak against SMU and Memphis, I think what we're going to see from UAB is a lot of full-court pressure, and that's something that they've done in spurts throughout the season. UAB, they, they, they love to uh, add a lot of pressure to opposing teams. Actually, they're seventh in the country in steals, and when it comes to forcing turnovers, they're actually 18th in the country. So they're a team, like you said, they like to play fast. That's one of the things when a team presses, they want to control the tempo of the game. And that's something that Houston's going to have to be weary of because especially when you look back at two the two regular season losses against Memphis, that was really the key in those losses. Houston uh, was just turning the ball over like at a crazy clip. And both of those games, they had 19 plus turnovers. And really Memphis controlled the entire tempo in those two wins during the regular season. 
I think if there's a recipe for success that UAB can follow, that's it right there, especially as something they excel in. Now, another aspect for, for the Blazers that, that caught my eye, they, they're a relatively strong three-point shooting team. They're 17 in the country. And once again, the two people that that kind of run everything for them is Walker and Ertl, who are both shooting close to 40% from the three-point line. So that's, that's something they're kind of, when you think of the, the modern NBA, they kind of run that fast and pace up-tempo style. And even then, during, during their current seven-game winning streak, the last five straight games that UAB won, they scored 80-plus, and uh, they put up 75-plus. No, no, my mistake. I'm reading it wrong. In the last five games, they scored 80-plus points during their seven-game winning streak. So they are a team that's red hot ostensibly. And I think it's going to be interesting to see. Now, obviously, Houston's a team, uh, depending on no, no offensive conference USA, but Houston's clearly going to be uh, the most talented team that they've faced in the last seven games. But uh, really, when it comes to something, whether it be a, a matchup with UAB, we talked about Kelvin Sampson. He said uh, on Tuesday as well that with one of the things that Houston does to scout is they, they point out which is the weak perimeter uh, defender the other team has, and they try to exploit that matchup. Uh, who would you say, and this is a question we asked in our post game, who would you say for Houston kind of has to be that X factor to, to exploit UAB? And, and kind of, uh, we mentioned it, they're going to try to push for Temple. They're going to try to force turnovers. What's the key for Houston? I would definitely say Tajay Moore because he's a bigger, taller, most athletic guard, probably gets anywhere he goes and play. And often Houston is able to isolate him in the mid post and he's able to create. So I think Jamal and Kyler in their normal roles both would be on ball. Kyler um, be on ball whenever Jamal isn't in the game and does playmaking as well. But I have to say Tajay, I think he has to um, execute and not only impose his wills in a moment where Coach Sampson calls his number and isolates for him, even in that mid-post era, even in isolations, because oftentimes he gets isolations on the perimeter as well. So I think Tajay – must do that, and he's been stepping up to the plate all season. We talked about the number of big shots that he's made. But if I have to give the X factor, I would definitely go Tajay Moore. But another thing that's sticking out to me from UAB and from Houston, UAB, they only average 12 turnovers per game, but they're forced 16 turnovers per game for their opponents, while Houston, on the other end, they average – 11.3 turnovers per game, and they force around 14 turnovers per game. And so it's almost even in the area. So which team is going to be able to force a high number of turnovers? Because often live ball turnovers lead to transition baskets. So and those two games where Houston lost, they turned the ball over against SMU and Memphis that you mentioned, they turned the ball over a high number. So they can't do that. They must take care of the basketball. If they do have turnovers, they can't be live ball turnovers to enable that UAB offense. And so I think that's another key thing we must look at is turnovers and which team is going to take care of the basketball. And, and I have to wonder, will Coach Sampson play a little bit of zone? Because playing the short, only eight players, he's been a genius at times just sprinkling in that zone for a few possessions really just to get rest while, while without calling a timeout. And so I think yeah. just his genius, the way the way he's going to kind of dictate the game from a coaching's perspective, I mean, of course I'm favoring Houston, but I, I think those components, a lot of different components, but turnovers and Coach Sampson's ability to kind of adjust during the game is going to be very key. 
Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see it. I mean, especially with the way that UAP likes to play. I mean, even just throwing in a zone for a couple of possessions, we saw it in the conference tournament championship game against Memphis when they went to to a bit of a zone against them. It threw the Tigers off. And even even if it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dominant shoot. I mean, the peak Syracuse 2-3 zone, just any change in defense is going to throw off the, the opposing team. And Really, when you kind of go uh, switching defense like that in the middle of the game, at the very least, it makes the defense, the, the offense have to stop and think, figure out what type of defense Houston is in and have to figure out a way to strategize it. And that's something that I'm, I'm pretty sure I agree with you. It'll be something that Houston throws in there, especially depending on how the game goes. Now, another point and, and something to monitor in terms of UAB's uh, perspective Trey, Jam- Trey Jamison for UAB, who has been their leading rebounder all season long. He's averaging close to seven and a half rebounds a game. That's something to monitor with him is he he was dealing with a knee injury during the Conference USA Championship game. And um, it, CBS Sports during the game reported that it was a, he was dealing with a, a painful knee injury the way they dubbed it. So that might be something to monitor uh, whether he plays or not. That'll be a key aspect. Whether Even if he plays, he might not be 100%. And when it comes to Houston, you know, one of the signature calling cards that the Cougars are always going to come with is physicality. They're going to be dominant. They're going to be attacking the ports. And that's going to be an advantage that Houston's going to be looking to exploit, uh, certainly all game long. Yeah, 100%. Houston is definitely going to be able and look to exploit their size and their physicality, and but they get they have to get bench production. We talked about in that in our last couple of episodes. They have to be able to get some bench production. In the last game against Memphis, they got really good bench production. In the last two games, I should say, especially in the game before Memphis against Tulane. And so, I mean, Ramon Walker has to show up and bring that energy and just impact the game, whether it's taking charges. We saw him hustle and get defensive rebounds, diving on the floor, make a couple of jump shots. Jaywan Roberts has to be dominant on the floor, on the glass, and be able to finish inside. So all the things that they do, I think that the stakes is high. I mean, mm-hmm. Jawan, he's been there. He was on the team last year. They went to the Final Four. So I expect him to really step up and really excel in his roles. But I got to go back to turnovers. Houston has to take care of the basketball because UAB, they average 20 points off of turnovers. So they're a really good team and pressure you and getting you to turn the ball over, which enables them to get out and transition. So it, they count a lot on their defense as well. So Houston, you got to control the pace. You got to control the pace of the game. And by doing that, like I said a second ago, you, you got to control the glass and offensively take your time, run time off the clock and execute. I think the it, for this game, it has to be a dogfight. It has to be a low-scoring mm-hmm. game. And if they do that, it's yeah. in Houston's favor. I agree 100%, especially like we mentioned, the UAB is at their best when they're running again and they're putting up points on the board. So real quickly, while we wrap up this segment, uh, what's the prediction? Who wins and why? And I'll go Houston. Uh, of course, I feel Houston will defeat UAB, uh, which apparently might be a, a, an opinion that's in the minority from, from a couple of national perspective pundits uh, when you look at it. But the reason I think the Cougars edge it out now, I do think this it'll be a relatively close game. Last time I checked, I think Houston was favored by like eight and a half points. Um, I feel like I, it might be – that might be a perfect – stretch it'll be within eight ten that that window but the reason i give houston the edge i just got to go back to a calling card that they've had all season long and that's their culture and that's rebounding that's being physical i'm pretty sure i'm real confident that houston and like you said you feel that coach kelvin sounds is the best coach in the entire country the, the coaching staff will figure out a way to slow down walker to slow down what uh, uab likes to do best and and 
I feel like Houston will be the team that wins the Temple battle and establishes their style on on the game. And I will say this, uh, UAB, no knock on Conference USA or anything like that, but I feel that Houston's going to be the most physical team that they've played all season long, and that's an advantage for Houston. And also, when you look up and down the roster at UAB, they don't have a lot of players that have been there, done that in the NCAA tournament. That, that might be uh, something that comes and plays in a factor, certainly at the beginning, but we shall see. Dan, what say you? I'm going to say I think Houston, I think it's going to be final score 58-51. It's going to be a close game, a low-scoring game. And, and like you, I think Houston is going to impose their will as far as their physicality. They're going to dominate on the glass. And they are going to be probably the most aggressive, more athletic and physical presence team that UAB have seen all season. You can watch film, but you can't really duplicate that energy and the tenacity that Houston plays, especially going after those rebounds offensively and defensively. Uh, so I, I think Houston is going to come out. I think they must get off to a good start, but it's really important that they take care of the basketball and not allow UAB to get some of those transition easy buckets where they don't have to execute in the half court. I think Houston must force UAB to play in the half court as much as possible in this game, and I, and I think they'll do that. And on that note, we'll leave it right there. Uh, we won't get too much into beyond, like uh, we mentioned, the post game and something Kevin Sampson said. Once you get into the NCAA tournament, there's only one game guaranteed, and that is the first round. We'll, we'll uh, discuss more. Obviously, of course, we'll take this time to promote the our official, unofficial post game show for the UH Athletics Let's Rage Crew immediately, not immediately following, but around a few minutes after Houston and UAB, whatever happens, whatever the outcome is, we will be with live with post game reaction. Uh, via Twitter, so be sure to follow the official at Pod Slam and Jam a Twitter account uh, on Twitter. Also follow us um, at Ayanez underscore five at Dayon Dunlap on Twitter and be on the lookout. Also, if you're more of a YouTube uh, fan, be sure to check out the Houston Roundball Review, which we will stream live immediately following the game, as well as it will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts the day after. Coming right up on Pottsdam and Jamma, we'll talk more about the UH women's basketball team who are also going into the tournament, not the NCAA tournament, but they are back in the WNIT and they have a tough first-round match coming right up on Pottsdam and Jamma covering your UH athletics. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. Continuing on here on Pod Slam Jamba. Now we're talking women's hoops, and like Andy just said, they play in the WNIT tournament again this year, so a second postseason run for their Lady Cougars, I know not where they want to be, but definitely happy to continue their season because there's a lot of teams whose season has ended, but they get the opportunity to once again play in the WNIT. And I think they're hungry to advance and and just get momentum going into the season. And last year we were able to talk to Coach Ty Diller and I talked to Coach Huey throughout the entire season about how important it was in the season on a win last year. And so this year, I think they're really more important and hungry just to go out and perform well, just to build that momentum going into the season. And 
the way they played in the conference tournament, they lost in the semifinals to South Florida. And, I mean, it was really good. It was tight to see, man. The way that Layla Blair came on and Tierra Young, I think those two, if they are still in the American Houston next season, I think those two will be the best two guards in the conference. And I, I don't think it will be close. So I'm expecting Coach Huey to empower them, insert Tierra into the starting lineup to really allow her to, hey, we're rolling with you and you and Layla. I'm expecting them to have a good show against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, for sure. And I think with Houston, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little frustrating to, to say in one way, but they, they put together a really solid performance in the American Athletic Conference tournament, uh, you know, winning their first two games, advancing to, to the semifinals before falling short against USF. But you look at how they played Cincinnati, you look at how they played Tulane, uh, their defense, they, they kind of played it to something that Coach Huey has said in the past, and that was their identity, where they like to force turnovers, they like to get up in tempo, and, and really Layla Blair was spectacular in those games. She averaged 23 points a game throughout the tournament, and honestly, she looked locked in throughout, and even against USF, really, it seemed like, uh, to be honest, she, at times, she seemed like she was the only player that could hold her own with the bat, and that, that's being too harsh, but what I mean by that is it seemed like she was one of the players where there was no fear in her. When she played USF, she was there, she was on a mission, and her performance in that tournament was outstanding in my opinion what say you what did you see from Layla Blair and Houston overall in in the conference tournament man Layla Blair I've called I've seen every game throughout her entire career at Houston I've watched every single one I've called all of her home games and what I saw in that tournament was her just continuing to grow just now what she she always has the ability but oftentimes I think she would press when I saw in the tournament, she allowed the game to come to her. She mm-hmm. read the defense and reacted to, to what the defense was doing to her. She didn't just settle for a jump shot. They pressed on her, tried to run her off the three-point line. She would get inside, get to the free throw line. She would create. I think she really realized the importance of getting other people involved and just impacting the game in more ways than scoring. And that's what she's done really well outside of really scoring the basketball. I think she's really stepped up as a leader on the floor and that's what I really seen a step to apart, her decision-making, her ability just to take her time and just allow her to read the defense. That, that was really the, the key for her, in my opinion, to not really rush and have predetermined moves on what you're going to do. And so, I mean, I think now the next step for her is to continue, just to continue to evolve, continue, because some, some, sometimes she does have laps in turnover, so I think she can take better care of the basketball and also – um, just still, I think she can still take another step in creating, making the game easier for others. But other than that, Layla, man, I think she's definitely a star, and she's going to be a, a big star in the making. Um, especially in Houston, if they do go into the Big Twelve next season, I know. I mean, you can give an update about what um, the AAC commissioner had talked about. He said it's still yeah. negotiations, from from what I'm hearing, and so it's still a possibility there. Yeah, and so. If they do that, I mean, I expect Houston overall to – they was in the transfer portal, got some good additions. I expect them to get to even more additions to kind of bolster their roster even more. So they have their, their core coming back pretty much. You got Tatiana Hill coming back. You got Bria coming back. And Brittany Onyege and then Tierra and Layla Blair. But I think the program is really in the hands of those two guards. I, I think those two guards are, are really, really well – and if they continue to play together, and what's crazy, 
their strengths are the opposite of one another. And so they complement each other so well. And I, I, I think they can really play really well together. So I'm looking forward to them in this tournament, just continuing to the way that they played in the American Athletic Conference tournament. And if they can do that, I mean, I really love that the team that they have, it, it was a lot of things that they went through, through the season, through injuries, COVID, mm -hmm. different things. But I'm pretty sure that they feel that they have the talent and the team to be playing the NCAA tournament. So with that confidence that they have, I want to see that translate on the floor in the WNIT and produce wins and go on and win the WNIT tournament. We saw it with the men's with Memphis Tigers a season ago. They won the WNIT the next season. Now this season they're in the tournament. And I think the same thing for the Houston women's Cougars basketball team. You have the talent without a doubt to be there. You got the chemistry and everything you need. Now let's come continue that momentum, put it all together, go out, win this WNIT, and then come in this next season, whether you're in the ACC or the Big 12. They're in the ACC, they have to be the favorite because you look at the top two teams, South Florida, they returned their entire starting five. UCF last season, well, they won it this season. They have returned their entire starting five, and they're going to lose just about all of them except like one or two players. So both two teams are going to be really have to rebuild. And so Houston is right there if they're an American. But like I just said, if they join the Big 12, they still got a talent. You just got to add more pieces and continue to gel together. Yeah, a couple points. Uh, great point that you made in terms of what Memphis did last year when they won the NIT. Uh, it certainly seemed like it powered them. I know that, that that tournament gets a lot of slack, but it really gave Memphis something to to – kind of show that they, they had made improvements and look at them this year. They were able to use it. They had rough patch, but they're in the big tournament this year. Now looking over from the UH perspective, actually before that, what you mentioned about Houston and the, the ongoing big 12 situation, what you referenced was the American athletic conference commissioner, Michael Resco spoke to reporters over the weekend. I, I believe it was on Sunday before the championship game between Houston and Memphis in the men's tournament. And he did give a little bit of update of, of the ongoing negotiations between Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF and the conference to, to exit early. It looks like that target date for, for all three schools, it would be to, to lead the American Athletic Conference uh, in the summer of 2023. So it seems like for sure that these schools are locked into the American Athletic Conference for at least one more season. And uh, potentially that that could be resolved soon is what uh, Michael Resco phrased it in terms of potentially finding a, a uh, deal where all parties involved are content with whether it be exit fees, payouts, and stuff like that. They would have all three of those schools leaving and heading into the Big 12 at the start and the, the middle of summer 2023, just in time for football season in 2023. So like I said, it looks like Houston's here to stay in the conference of the American Athletic at least one more season. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk a little bit about Louisiana Tech, uh, who Houston will face in the WNIT. They uh, interestingly enough, another Conference USA opponent. Uh, they finished 21 and 11 on the year. They forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, they made it all the way to the championship game in the Conference USA finals. But when I was looking at their roster, it seems like they're kind of a two-headed monster in terms of when it comes offensively. It looks like their two key players to watch are going to be Keanu Walker and Anna Robertson. I would say you, what do you think Houston has to do to be able to not only beat Louisiana Tech, but advance far in the WNIT? I mean, it's kind of like the men's take care of the basketball. And one thing that's plagued this women's team all season is turnovers. It's been a game where they have 20 turnovers per game. and But all defensively, their pressure 
and the way they can pursue the basketball and speed teams up is really where they make their mark. And so, but they have to take care of the basketball. They can play good defense and cause a lot of turnovers, but they don't take care of the basketball. It's going to hurt them. And then play free flowing and transition, get out and transition. They have to move the basketball and share the basketball. You can't have one player kind of go isolation and just kind of pound the basketball. And when they're free flowing, getting others involved and playing in transition, they're at their best. Defensively, they're really good. Press the basketball, speed them up, do not allow them to be comfortable. But it really just boils down to taking care of the basketball. That's really what it boils down to for um, Houston Cougars, the women's team. And they control the glass as well. They're a really good rebounding team. Tatiana Hill is a monster on the glass. She averages five offensive, three offensive rebounds per game. And so she's really good at that. And they're, they're really good at steals. They average 10 steals per game. So they're a really good defensive team. They get out, they get a lot of steals, but they also got to make open shots. They need Brittany Onyeje to make shots. When, when she scores over 10 points, I believe they've only lost maybe two or three games. I can't remember right off the back, but when they score over 70 points, they've only lost one game all season. So when they play fast and they're knocking down their shots, they're, they're tough to beat. Yeah, I agree with you. And you, I think you you hit it right on the head with, with Brittany Onyeje being able to have to step up and, and provide a lot more for the team offensively. Uh, she was actually one of the players that – uh, especially throughout the conference tournament, like you said, when she did well, it seemed like the team did well. And when when she would struggle, sometimes it would be, it, it's just a point of having someone else to help out. Layla Blair carry the scoring load uh, in terms of offense. And, and Brittany Onyeje has by, kind of been uh, emerged as that player on her role. Uh, in terms of, you know, any other players, whether it be, you mentioned Tatiana Hill, who does a solid job for the team rebounding. Is there anything else that Houston can really uh, key in on or maybe another X factor that, that, that would work or it just, you know, however far Layla Blair, Brittany Andre can carry the team? Yeah, for sure. And, and Brittany Andre, defensively, she's the best defender on their team and it's not even close. I mean, the way that she defends, the way that she gets steals, the way she locks down on the defensive end, she cannot get in foul trouble. Uh, I know we, she's very important on the offensive end, but she's even more important on the defensive end because she always guards the opponent's best perimeter player and often locks them down. So she's a really good a lockdown defender. She, she has to stay on the floor, not get in foul trouble, uh, along with make open shots. And if she can do that and uh, allow Layla and Tierra to kind of help carry the low offensively, uh, uh, and also with Bria Patterson. Bria Patterson is like that Swiss Army knife. For, for Houston. She plays the four positions, kind of like a, a positionless spot to where she's a stretch four. She can knock down the outside shot. She can get the rebound and pushing coast to coast. I think she has to be a little bit more aggressive and also consistency. She gets a lot of open looks created by those guards that we're talking about. She's got to knock them down. And she has all the talent in the world. I think for her, it just has to really kind of have that mindset is – not accepting being good, but have they want to be great. And I think if she can do that, get those rebounds, get out in transition, she's often she has the quickness advantage against the person guarding her. And so I, she just has to have an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, will do. And, and once again, that first round matchup will be Thursday at 6 p.m. Houston will take on Louisiana Tech in Rutland, Louisiana. That game will be available via Flow Hoops and the Varsity Network streaming. 
Um, Dan, while we wrap things up, I want to toss it over real quickly back to the men's side. And kind of when you look at overall, we I know we talked about this a little bit in, in the in the post-game break, but when you look at the South region that Houston has, a couple of teams that, that stand out, obviously the number one seed, Arizona. Uh, do you feel like – what do you feel about the region as a whole that Houston's in? Do you think that if they get past UAB that they have uh, – essentially what kind of the matchups could you see – uh, in the South region. You say what matchups could I see? In terms of how, how do you see the South region uh, shaking up in terms of, do you see like Arizona being the team to beat in the South region or, or what team kind of is the team to keep an eye on outside of Houston in that South? Yeah, yeah. I think definitely you got to put Arizona in the conversation. The length that they have, the the depth that they have, they have the guard play name skins me right in this moment, but he averaged 17 points per game. He was the player of the year in the pack, the, the pack 10. Yeah, pack 10, pack 12. What are they, pack 12 or pack 10? Arizona? Yeah. Pack 12. Pack 12. Pack 12. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're right. Yeah, they have the player of the year in the pack 12. And I mean, they're a really, really good team. They can defend, they can really match Houston's physicality. And size inside. And so I think Arizona's a team to watch, but you also can't write off Tennessee. Cannot yeah. write off Tennessee as well. I know they have freshmen for their guards, but Rick Barnes is a really good coach. And also they have length inside. They got shooters, they play complimentary basketball. And, uh, but uh, I think that inexperience will or could play in the play, come into play for them. It could haunt them in the tournament. But I mean, uh, it's a good conference, but I mean, you got to take it a game at a time because we it's March. Anybody can be upset. And then you look at the next week, we're talking about one of these teams and they're not even in the tournament anymore. So, I mean, we are, we really got to take it a game to game approach, but just on the general, just outside looking in before the games even start, definitely got to keep an outlook for Tennessee and Arizona for sure. And on that note, a quick lead news around the conference. Uh, Andy Katz just reported. Andy Katz, if you don't know him, the national reporter, uh, does a lot of coverage for the NCAA. The NCAA.com just reported that Imani Bates is practicing ahead of, obviously, of course, Memphis is going to play Boise State in their first round game. That might be a potential uh, thing to keep an eye on uh, as they start their first round. They start on Thursday, so interesting note around the conference and uh, we'll leave it there. March is here. Houston plays once again, Friday at 8 20 PM central time on TNT, their first round game against UAB. Uh, Dan, take it away. Where can people find you? Where can they find you online and anything you'd like to promote, sir? Hey, you can find me online at Dayon Dunlap. It's on Instagram and Twitter. Also have a fashion page that's at Dayon's Closet, D-A-Y-O-N-C-L-O-S-E-T. But also be on the lookout for our post-game show, Let's Rage Cougs. I mean, we've gotten some really, really good feedback for the first couple of episodes. And so we're looking to continue that and hopefully Houston has a long run so we can have more and more post-game shows. But definitely look out to that. Make sure you follow the official Paul Slamma Jamma account. And also, be sure just to check us out. Follow Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content. Not found anywhere else, only in H-Town, baby. Dayon, you couldn't, I couldn't have said it any better myself. He's Dayon Dunlap. I'm Andy on If you want to follow me, follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Like you said, we will be back uh, following the UAB U of H game, regardless of the outcome. 
for post-game show. Uh, and we'll be breaking down how the game went down. And hopefully, like Dayon said, we'll be looking ahead at the second round. But that all starts Friday. It is madness. March is here. We'll leave it there. Pod Slamma Jamma covering your UH Athletics. Go cool.